0: I'm sure Was there cannibalism that. in
1: that one? I can't remember. I think there might have been cannibalism.
0: Ellen, every every description of manga you have is just like, what are you talking about? I feel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, this is the problem with reviews. Like Justin is like, do you ever look up series before you review them? I'm like, Justin, that's the thing. We're reviewing new things that come out. There are no reviews to look up. Yeah,
0: especially manga like, only. There's it's a basic summary on Amazon,
1: like, but that's it. <laughs>
0: light novel only? You'll never know all right so. i definitely
1: remember there was one chapter in the light novels definitely not covered in the manga as a volume one or volume two where it was like one country it had like a fake zombie apocalypse as like a tourist attraction but then they turned into real zombies and that was an especially strange chapter to read because it was kind of hard to figure out what was real and what wasn't
0: Welcome back to Munga in Your Ears. My name is Corey, Helen, and April are with me.
1: Hi, everybody. Corey, you're with yourself?
0: Yes, I am. I'm always with okay. myself. I work from home. <laughs> well, now I'm with the cat, I guess. And um, no,
2: you're never truly alone. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, This is our 100th episode. We're here, everybody. Um, oh, my God. Not all of us have been on every episode. Uh, Helen did a, did, did a special on... I forgot what you guys already...
1: Uh, I, I did one on Pandora Hearts a couple of years ago and That was with um, D of Anime Feminist That's
0: right And I've done a couple um, One Piece, My Hero Academia uh, We just did the Shuzo Shimi one last episode But uh, total counts 100 episodes for this uh, This fledgling podcast
1: I, I don't think we're fledgling
2: anymore I think we passed that
0: But yeah it's It's been fun Talking about manga with all of you um, I don't know we're gonna give it for a hundred more.
1: Let's just see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've now. I was thinking about this earlier. I've now started two podcasts. I have no idea how I got to end a podcast. Like your podcast just end?
1: I think people just sometimes just stop updating, and I think other times people just die. <laughs> and I don't like either of those options for yeah, podcast.
2: I was just gonna say. <laughs>
1: so if I figure out a better one, I'll pass it along. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. If anything, honestly, I would I would just stop talking about sports anime and manga and just talk about movies and, and manga.
1: I mean, that's half of what Taiku is anyway by this point.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, anyway, we're talking about two Naoki Urasawa series here. Uh, first is Sneeze, the short story collection, which was released by Viz in 2020. Um, and then our new series is going to be Asadora. Um, uh, it was a pleasant circumstance that we decided on Naoki Rosawa, and it happened to be our 100th episode. (laughs) But, uh, a fitting mangaka to to talk about. We have talked (laughs) about Naoki Rosawa previously. Uh, episode 8, we talked about Pluto. Episode 27, we talked about Master Keaton. And episode 74, we talked about Mujirushi, which was the, the Louvre crossover, not crossover, uh, Louvre collaboration manga that he did. Um, so at least I'm a fan. Like, we, we haven't even talked about 20th Century Boys or, um something else that I think we have that we that I haven't read, but um, I find it to be enjoyable. Uh, but anyway, the Sneeze Short Story Collection uh, collects a couple of manga, uh, one chapter, VIX. Um, the first one is Damion, which was, I'm, I'm just going to go through some of the um, the backgrounds of these. I won't go into the plots very much unless we want to go into specifics of, of any of them. But Damion was the first one, uh, published in 2016. Um... It was about uh, a dude who has special power to curse people to die or to just uh, happen upon um, bad luck. Uh, the second one was Throw Toward the Moon, which I think was my favorite one, uh, published in 2006, uh, who, which was about a, a kid who is was a mega psychic who told him that he was going to be a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist when he grew up. Um, and as we meet him again, he is an obituary writer, so it's pretty interesting. Um, Third one is The Old Guys, published in 2013, uh, three two-page music-related music stories, uh, so mm-hmm. published in 2013 in February and July of 2014, um, it's, it's about Urasawa, talking about old music, my kind of music, um, fourth, fourth one? Am I already on four? Yes, okay. <laughs> Henry and Charles, uh, published in 1995. This one is about a mouse who tries to uh, paramouse mice that like, try to steal a cake. Um, kind of cute, kind of weird. Um, next one, which I've already forgotten my numbers, is a, it's a beautiful day. It's about um, the musician, real life musician, Kenji Engo. I listened to one of his songs. It was it was like about Udon uh, or <laughs> or something. It was kind of weird. Um, he promised he actually promised. There's a little like afterward on this. He promised Engo that he would write a story about this, but. And it exactly passed away before he got around to writing it. Um, next one is Musica Nostra, seven two page music related stories, which was published uh, in 2015 and 2017. This one is also about old music and uh, about Urosawa going to LA to to see a bunch of um, or to see a music festival. Uh, next one is Kaiju Kingdom, 2013, published in a uh, world where Kaiju actually exists. Tokyo has been this constant target for kaiju. Um, this one the pretty interesting too. Uh, I think I like this one the second most, maybe. And the final one is Tangshin Funin, or Solo Mission. This one was published in 2016, and this one was a collaboration with France, so it actually, it actually reads left to right. Uh, that's why it's at the end, so you can read it left to right. Um, which I personally found annoying, because like when I'm at the angle of a manga, I want to read the correct direction, it just felt like it was... Felt like it was longer. I don't know how they solved for this, but <laughs> maybe that's just me. Um, but yeah, the, those are the the set of uh, the set of manga in, in this short story collection. I don't think any of them uh, are really linked in any way. That Wikipedia says they are eight stories. They are loosely thematically linked. Um, eh, I don't really buy that, but. Um, I enjoyed some of the... As with a lot of short story collections, I enjoyed some of these stories. I didn't enjoy some of these stories as much as the other stories. Um, but when you what do you two think?
2: Um, it's been some years, I think, since I've picked up something new from him. So... Um, but I'm... I, I'm i a big fan of him. He's one of the reasons that I've kind of... That I kind of jumped online to talk about manga when I did and when there were the manga movable feast. I think they had a feast... Uh, where we just talked about him i'm like a huge huge fan of him so i don't think that we've had like other short story collection i think this might be one of the first so i enjoyed it just because it was nice to see him get to explore some of his interests like he clearly has an interest in music so i liked seeing those stories um and i think my favorite ones were probably the kaiju story and then the first story where the guy could kill people but it's just it's just kind of interesting to see him um do what he does it's a very urusawa short story collection i think of course some of the stories are better than others and it's a little uneven but i think if you're a fan i i enjoyed it um but helen what did you think
1: i didn't end up connecting a lot to any of the stories in there um first off i'm still confused why it's called sneeze like um I just do not remember that being an integral part of any of the
0: stories. Yeah. I, I was literally waiting for someone to like sneeze at all things. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, I think my favorite of a bunch was probably the one he did with the musician, or based on the musician's story, of just like one weird night with a very strange punchline. Almost a very, um, wave-listen-to-me punchline in some ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, none of the others just really worked with me. Um, I feel like I've read enough Urasawa right now that I've started getting a little bored by some of the tropes and things he likes, which I'm definitely going to bring up for Asadora. Uh, Just, yeah, nothing here just really quite grabbed me. Maybe I was just grumpy before bed when I was reading these. That is always a possibility.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the first couple, um, I kind of struggled to... I think the first one uh, I kind of struggled to connect with in terms of like what what I like about Rosawa, which is these uh, long, deep narratives about uh, whatever he happens to be talking about, like with Pluto especially, it's one of my favorite manga. Um, but like we, we kind of got into that with Throw Toward the Moon, which kind of felt like, um, I, I don't know if I would call it Master Keaton-ish, but I, it mm-hmm. certainly felt Master Keaton-adjacent. Uh, and I guess like some of the other ones... Uh, I, Damian, uh, but also Henry and Charles, those are kinds of Urasawa-types of stories that we don't really get anymore. Um, I haven't read 20th Century Boys, but like, it feels like Since Monster, which I also haven't read all of, but I've read uh, a volume or two of that, feels like you delve much more into serious works. Um, I don't know, I, I like this funnier, goofier side of Urasawa. Like, I actually saw Urasawa uh, in LA, Perks of Living in LA, um he did like a talk where he was talking about um, theories of manga and how he writes manga uh, as well as doing like a he he is a guitarist and a musician himself so he did uh, a couple songs that he wrote too and I thought that was that was just like really interesting to see um, see him do that as opposed to reading what he has done prior
2: Well,
1: that suddenly explains all of the music short stories
2: <laughs> oh yeah yeah. <laughs> For sure There's a uh, In the very I don't think that this Necessarily completely Explains the title But it does say In the beginning On the table of contents It just has sneeze And then like a small Definition underneath And it just has A sudden expiration Of breath A short story As opposed to a long work It can make even The most beautiful person Look momentarily ugly I don't know if that Justifies the title But that's what Where are they Pulling this short story Definition
1: from Like what are their Sources on
2: this which dictionary said this
0: because i've
1: literally never heard that used before
0: oh uh, uh maybe this is like a Arisawa written thing he wrote it to introduce the the whole manga
2: oh I Arisawa, think, where I think, are your sources I, I think that's what it is oh yeah i think it's something yeah um that he wrote and he i, I can't remember which story it is now but the, i think it's think it's a beautiful day because there's a note at the end of this volume that i think it's a beautiful day made him want to do like more backgrounds like he enjoyed doing the backgrounds for that and it made him want to do more and then when i was looking into asador for the podcast it said that he drew more of the backgrounds for asador because of that i just thought that was an interesting connection in the two series that we're going to talk about
0: yeah yeah, he has a little author commentary in the back. Um, I'll talk about it at the end of every chapter, but he's got the, the entire back of the book, uh, about a paragraph or two on each of the stories. And yeah, he talks about a beautiful day. Um, in it and it says, uh, The gist of it is that Kenji Engo, uh, who is Enken in the story, had an exciting persona. He lit a fire in me that made me ambitious. Uh, thanks to the. And I'm quoting from here, obviously. Uh, but I, I will specify that I am quoting from here and not and not speaking as if these are my words. Anyway, uh, thanks to that, I challenged myself to complete every single panel of every page for the story entirely by myself for the first time in a long while. The experience and the sense of fulfillment it gave me, like me personally doing a great number of the backgrounds for my next series, Asadora, and can rekindle my pleasure in making manga. I'm grateful.
1: I mean, that's great, but I also worry about burnout. if you're starting to suddenly do all this work, since his art style is detailed to start with. Yeah. (laughs) I will say, though, I know he tries to draw everyone differently, but there were some points, especially in Damian, where I'm like, there's all these different dudes, and I just cannot tell them apart. Yes, they all <laughs> look different. The faithful blindness is kicking in, though. I have no idea who I'm following, aside from Damian, who's got, like, this almost mascot appearance. Like <laughs> a mask, de- like if an ugly person was also a mascot. <laughs> Even he that de- doesn't quite work, but yeah.
2: <laughs> he definitely has a... Uh the the droopy the droopy face thing. He's I mean I I recognize that immediately so I was <laughs> so I was expecting that inward stories. But yeah, I think if read a lot of his stuff, his characters can start to look a little similar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. He he has some really similar character designs, like base character designs that mm-hmm. he seems to work off of. Uh, he tends to have like a pretty unique hair I think. But like the even the everybody's got big noses he likes his noses i guess
1: does he have a big nose in real life since you've seen him in person (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember well just since
0: i would say it's larger than average looking at the wikipedia picture
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just that a lot of people do like unintentionally reference themselves a little bit when drawing especially if you're starting out new artists like i remember when i was a freshman in high school we all did self-portraits of ourselves in our class, and then we were supposed to draw a portrait of um, one of our classmates. And when I was looking at everyone side-by-side, I was like, shit, we all just drew ourselves a second time, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Hence why I was wondering, if he's drawing big noses on so many characters, is he just unintentionally referencing his own nose?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Um, But yeah, I mean, the character designs, I think, look very similar. Uh, From series to series, I'm able to tell mostly who each character is. But like, I don't know if this is intentional, but the cover for Sneeze, cover for Mujirushi, I think they're the same person.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think you're right.
0: I was
1: definitely confused by the cover of Asadora. I'm like, why does she look so cheerful on this cover when she doesn't look nearly as cheerful for any part of the volume?
0: (laughs) You want them to be happy on the cover, then people buy the volume, and then they're sad for having read the volume.
1: Meh, like, if that's the argument, then why is he drawing, like, a small child sneezing on the cover of this volume? Like, that is not happy looking it's called sneeze i'm still seeing like some holes in your
0: reasoning <laughs> uh like my logic may not be uh impenetrable but it's what it is um, but yeah
1: like i said i didn't really end up connecting much with any of these like I- i'm not sure i'm going to remember i read this in a couple of months since i have no memory of having read Mujish- um, mujishiri like i'm starting to wonder if i even read that one for the podcast or if i forgot to do it in time because i just have no memory of some of these things
2: yeah i if you you know sometimes a short story collection can be a good way to like introduce you to an author I don't think that's the case here I feel like you would want to start with something like monster maybe Pluto but not this I feel like it's more like if you're a fan of him but I don't I don't necessarily think it's the best place to start with it
0: yeah I agree um total agreement yeah yeah I think like if you were able to take out uh throw, throw toward the moon maybe um, it's a beautiful gaze kind of weird, but I, I like that one. Uh, or even Kaiju Kingdom, which is like, sillier uh, in comparison to some of his manga. Like, that might be a good introduction, but just slapping this book in someone's hands and being like, this is in of from Naoki Urasawa is a big lie.
1: <laughs> I mean, it would be accurate, but it's not a way to sell everybody on it. Like, Throw It Towards the Moon, I feel like might be very much like a quintessential Urasawa story in there, where it's trying to mix a lot of realism with some magical fantasy, but never too magical in the fantasy side more along the lines of fantastical coincidences than anything else since that's what a lot of 20th century boys felt like when i read it which was admittedly i gotta think six years ago or so <laughs> um i do want to continue with it i just the library didn't give any more volumes and then i moved to a different well state technically <laughs> um, anyway um I, I feel like that one might be the most quintessentially him but i'm not sure that would be the best introduction i feel like if i wanted to get somebody to like urusawa i would hand them pluto first off because mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like um the sort of like high sci-fi and but also low sci-fi concepts there work really well since you have like the chapters early on where you're starting to really see just how human the robots can be but also just how unhuman they are and i feel like that would be a better um introduction for people than Damian, which is just rather strange. Absurd, yeah. He's very uh, My best theory for Damian is that he can control people's blood pressure or something, and that he's just making people, like, black out when they're backing up their cars into other people
0: <laughs> and stuff like that. That
1: is my go- that is my running theory at this point, and I have yet to find anything that proves it. That's a good yeah. As in, you think it's a funny theory, or you think it's got legs? <laughs> I mean, I think,
2: I think it has legs. If you want to go back and reread that first one, it wouldn't take very long, just to see if, like, all of the deaths could have been attributed to blood pressure. I think oh. so.
1: <laughs> yeah, since he gives at least one person a heart attack, he keeps another person from bleeding out. He has, like, one person, like, fall over, and another person, like, have, like, a momentary lapse and back their car into somebody else, which, I, I don't know, I have low blood pressure myself. And so there's definitely times when you stand up and it's like, ah, everything's gone black. Okay, let's wait a second. Wait for that to pass.
0: Uh, all right. Well, uh, anything else on these before we move on?
1: I will say that in general, I'm not as fond of short story collections, both those from a singular author like this and also anthologies. I just don't vibe with them very often. But yeah, this one, I just... was very eclectic. You could tell <laughs> that it definitely came from a number of years over um, his career. I felt like it was uneven
0: in a lot of ways. Alright, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about Asadorah.
2: Are back to talk about our second series, another Urasawa. This one is Asadora, which is his newest uh, his newest series out in English from Viz, so another Viz series. This one's got four. I think the most recent volume is four, and that's come out fairly recently. Um, and this series focuses, at least at the beginning of the series, it focuses on a young girl named Asa. She's about 12, um, and she's from a large family. She's got several brothers and sisters, and I think she was the last one and um she says that she has so many brothers and sisters that her parents ran out of names so they just named her asa because she was born in the morning but the people constantly forget her they overlook her because she has so many siblings and her mom is actually about to have another baby so she's not the last one maybe in this in in the initial part of the series she is but she's about to have another baby and i think that asa is is headed home and she is randomly kidnapped by an older man and held ransom. Um and at the same time there's a storm coming. So um there there's a large typhoon I guess that hits at the same time. So she's being held ransom by this random man that she doesn't know. Um and they are in some kind of building together and the storm hits um, and they come out, and everything has changed. Um, this is around the time, if I remember correctly, of like World War II, I think. So it's in the
1: late 1959. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's in the
2: late, just afterwards. So it's in the, the in the late the late 50s, early 60s. So they come out, and everything is destroyed by this typhoon. And her and the old man are kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And um, Asa thinks that she sees a creature come up out of the water but they they never at the time they don't know what that creature is they just see this large thing they don't know if if it's called the typhoon they don't know what has happened they're just kind of trying to rebuild their lives Asa has presumably lost her family so she stays with the old man um, and learns how to fly an airplane (laughs) so there's a large story in the first volume about um, this airplane and her and the old man use the airplane to deliver food um, and other things to people that have been affected by the storm. And Asa eventually goes with the old man and learns how to fly an airplane. And that's kind of um, that's kind of where the story starts after that initial first volume. But I mentioned before when we talked about um, his short story collection that I'm a big fan of Earth satawa So this is actually like one of the first series I picked up again in person when we could go back outside. <laughs> it's one of the first things that I picked up. So I was excited to pick up something new from him. So I'm a little bit biased that way because I pretty much love anything that he does. But I've read the first three volumes. I enjoy it. I think a lot of the things that I like about Urasawa or are, are there. Um, but I feel like the plot hasn't progressed a whole lot in three volumes. There's the mystery of the creature, like what it is, what it's done, where Asa's family is. Um, and I like sort of the... I guess the best way to put it would be, like, human drama of the different characters around her. But the overarching story, I think I, I think Urusai was still trying to pull some of those pieces together. And it's fairly early um, in three volumes. But I think there's still room for it to go. I enjoy it. I wanted to read the fourth one, but I misplaced it. So so I do have another volume to read. But I like it, but I wonder what you all think.
0: Yeah. The fifth volume actually came out uh, yesterday. We're recording this on... Oh. 420, nice. Um, like,
2: <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so the fifth, fifth volume came out yesterday. I've read four volumes um, and the typhoon that um, April referenced earlier is uh, based on the real-life typhoon, Eastern One Typhoon in 1959. Um, and he wanted to tell the story about a girl who would grow up um, because guess how aging works. Um, <laughs> so she's 12 uh, at the beginning of the story and then uh, 17 by the third volume. Uh, and they just got like a, a time skip, so she is suddenly 17, flying and flying a plane at 17. Um, I wonder, This is unrelated to everything I've been saying, but I wonder what Asagora actually meant. Um, I mean, her name is Asa Asaga, uh, which is also why people have a sc- struggle remembering her name. Um, but I wonder what Asagora meant, or if it meant anything. And the French uh, editor uh, said, that it is a reference to uh, NHK's Renz- Renzoku show Shoseksu television dramas, which are colloquially colloquially known as Asadora. They follow the life or they often follow the life of a female protagonist from childhood to adulthood. Um, I mean that seems what what we're doing here. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you, April, in that like an overarching plot seems to just be be um, this uh, this monster that exists, or maybe doesn't exist, but, uh, I mean, based on a lot of the volumes prior, and, um, especially, uh, the end of the fourth volume, it seems to definitely exist, and, uh, we could be described it as a science fiction series, so I'm going to assume, uh, that this is real, um, but uh, what I, what I've been really enjoying is just, uh, who Asa is, learning more about her, um, as well as uh, who Kasuga is. Kasuga was the, the man that kidnapped Asa when she was 12, uh, as well as Kinyo, who is, um who owns a diner. Um, and she kind of took Asa, as well as Kasuga, and Asa's three siblings that survived the typhoon in uh, as her own children. Um, and I've been really enjoying the interplay between all of them, uh, as we just uh, slowly, uh, honestly very slowly, uh, unravel the mystery of of what this monster is.
1: Yeah, I read the first volume. That was all I could get from the library after they initially mixed up my hold with a random generic romance novel. (laughs) That was confusing for everyone involved. (laughs) Um, There's a lot happening in this first volume. Like, almost everything April described happens in the first volume. (laughs) (laughs) Just to put things into context. And also, I'll say that by the end of the first volume, it definitely looks like there's some sort of kaiju going around because it ends on a very ominous shot of what looks like an absolutely enormous three-toed footprint in the mud after the typhoon. Honestly, I just really don't like the older guy character, because the story is all, oh yeah, he's on a hard time, so he's doing burglary, but he's not a bad guy, he's just had all these bad things happen to him. Like, okay, I also have the very particular bias of being probably the world's most cynical accidental World War II historian, (laughs) um, because I've just had to do a lot of work with World War II veterans and histories and stuff like that for my job very unintentionally because of the pandemic it was telework stuff I had available to me and so he starts off by saying you know he wants to be a pilot again he loved being a pilot in World War II and all of you know the tricks he was able to do to keep him and his crew alive and it was just sort of like okay yeah boomer I mean not a boomer too, too old to be a boomer you had your glory days and you can't let go of that and he's got jobs Like a series of them, and he keeps getting fired for a string of what he would present as just bad luck. But to me, I'm just like, no, you're not doing your job. You're fucking up, you know? (laughs) I mean, I have little sympathy for someone who had to instead grow up in a very tight job market. (laughs) And so I just felt very frustrated that so much of the story was going to be focusing on this guy, and definitely framing him as someone who's good at heart when it's like, I don't really want to be following this guy. Asa could be interesting, but... A lot of plot happens to her in the first volume. She doesn't have a lot of chances at that point to make stuff happen. Instead, um, which is understandable. It is only the first volume, but um, yeah, I just didn't feel really inspired to keep going after this first volume. I just kept thinking to myself, God damn it, I wish that this would put out like a box set of 20th Century Boys so I could just buy the whole thing and finish it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just kept thinking, oh yeah, that reminds me of something else I liked better that I'd rather go back to instead. <laughs> And my earlier comment of "I don't know why she's smiling on the cover of this volume. I am very confused." Um, still stands.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think what you the, the feeling not compelled to uh, to read the rest of it I think is understandable because I had a tough time. So I bought the first volume, but it took me a while to buy the rest because that first volume it's not that it was tough for me to get through i just never i didn't feel like super compelled to keep going but for me it's like or well, saw so i'll get another one and then you know it kind of picks up after that but i think that first volume yeah i mean i don't think it's a spoiler to say that they they see the monster at the end the tentacle or whatever it is comes up out of the sea and that's kind of where the first volume stops um but i just um I think it's another one of those series where you have to like Asa. And even then, so much of it happens to her that maybe you could get away with not liking her. But I, I guess it's kind of hard to find a character to hook onto. I like Asa and like the story so far. I've been in today for the podcast and really, I was a little irritated that I don't know where I laid the fourth volume. But um, I could see how you could not compelled to keep going or it's something like oh, if I see it I'll pick it up or if I see it at the library I'll see what happens but it's not something like you have to run out and buy every volume um, but again I have like a major he's been one of my favorite for, favorites for several years so I have a bit of a bias towards him and I'm jealous that Corey got to see him in person with his <laughs> nose so <laughs>
1: yeah all these west coast folks with their
2: oh we'll have guests <laughs> come to the west coast because that's a three
1: hour shorter plane ride than it is to the east coast <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I think I agree with the uh, the first volume take. I don't think I really was. Um, I mean, as April said, like, I, I agree. I I would if it's Ursawa, I will read it. Um, like I think it's the second volume that really got me hooked into what was going on, and I, I believe it's the second volume that just ends with her being 17 as well. Um, and I kind of wondered whether uh whether they would um just go through her entire life, like she is 12, and then. She is talking about 12 and a half like 12, 13 uh, whether it would be that slow of a progression or whether they would um, whether they would do the time skip uh, which they end up digging I think digging uh, which they end up doing um, I think that's a better, a better choice uh, and then the the time skip also focuses on the 1964. Summer Olympics, uh, that's the the whole crux of the issue with this monster, they don't want the monster to come out, because if the monster comes out, especially during the uh, opening ceremonies, the Olympics will be cancelled, likely, Um, and the Olympics are supposed to be this big showcase for Japan, uh, having recovered after a post-war period, which, who knows if they actually hang at that point, or whether there is some, well, people know, I personally do not know, I don't know why I word it that way. I don't know whether Japan <laughs> uh, recovered after the uh, after World War II and all of the fallout from that by 1964, um, or whether there is some sort of propaganda machine, uh, or bigger propaganda machine I should say. There's probably always a propaganda machine go- going on in regards to the Olympics, but um, a bigger propaganda machine that's trying to downplay um, where the, the worst parts of Japan and Tokyo.
1: I think Japan had largely rebuilt by 1964. Since I know in Europe, um, by comparison, that definitely by the 1950s, they've been able to stop doing uh, the kind of rationing that they had to continue after World mm-hmm. War II. Things were rebuilt, um, at least in the West. I mean, the USSR is a totally different thing. But um, yeah, I think that does track with real life. It was funny, when I started reading the first volume and they're talking about the Tokyo Olympics, I, of course, thought they were talking about the 2020 Olympics at first, and so I flipped back to the copyright page and I was, I started serialization in like 2019 and I was like ah I know something he doesn't uh
0: yeah I thought that as well
1: COVID-19 is just going to um really change how we look at a lot of fiction you know um not so much this series but I keep thinking it's going to be interesting seeing how authors who write about um you know, realistic modern day fiction are going to approach it in the future. If we're going to be looking at universes that simply did not have COVID nineteen, or everyone's going to have to write in a hole. And then we didn't have high school for two years. Parts in there.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah. So unrelated to Arasawa, they're coming out with another Tokyo Card Girls uh, manga, right? And like the whole plot of that manga was that they want to have boyfriends by the 2020 Olympics. Like, did they? <laughs> yes, they
1: got an extension on it. Yeah. <laughs> on <got> your extension.
0: <laughs> what well, they do? it just exists in girls very curious about
1: I think that one's finished up um, actually I don't know but we'll be able to find out soon that will be fine to find out also it does sound kind of funny to me that in Asadora they're desperately trying to keep the general public from learning about the Kaiju when the exact opposite is the plot of one of the short stories in sneeze. Just where where <laughs> yeah, there's kaiju tourism because people are, are excited about how kaiju come every year and they're all treating it like um, something between like um, bird watching and like hurricane watching. And it's just like I don't know, I've had enough close brushes with hurricanes that the idea of being excited about like a walking like act of god natural disaster just is right. not as appealing to me. No. I have too much anxiety for that. I agree. I, I have been in a car on a very tall bridge in the middle of a hurricane, let me tell you. Uh, you feel like you're looking death in the face at that moment. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know how it is where, where you are, April, but at least in Iowa, when we had uh, tornado watches or tornado warnings, the first thing that people did was staying in the garage and try to look for it.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. We just, we just had one last week. I was just in the basement last week again. So. With the cast this time? Yes, the cat came with us this time. That is a totally separate story. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing, though, when 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 they had that story in Sneeze, and then this one is that, like, no, I don't want to be anywhere near any kind of natural disaster. So I thought that was interesting that he kind of flipped flip-flopped that in, in both of those stories.
1: Yeah, I, I will say that we don't have people tornado watching out here because different geography you you just can't see them but there's definitely a whole bunch of people who love taking photos of like the washington monument getting nearly struck by lightning you know so obviously they are (laughs) out and i mean sometimes that does happen because people are just out in the mall and a sudden 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 summer thunderstorm comes up and you're just running for shelter i've definitely gotten caught in a couple of those myself (laughs) um but yeah that is kind of a universal feeling i guess to at least watch a little bit but there's a difference, I think, between, oh, there's a tornado off in the dis- distance and there's, like, a T-Rex, 50 times the size of a T-Rex, coming
0: aboard. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that short story wasn't one of my favorites of Sneeze, but it was at least a funny, unique one. I feel like we're kind of going through a bit of a kaiju craze right now, and it's fun. I, I, I appreciate that as a trend. As long as it doesn't last, like, ten years.
0: Maybe it will replace Isekai
1: well that was the thing I was thinking Nisakai lasted for like 10 years like magical high schools lasted for a while before that I just don't like trends that run that long
0: (laughs) completely forgot about the magical high school trend oh man (laughs) alright
1: not that Arasawa was ever engaged in any of those like Urasawa doing an isekai could be interesting but i feel like that is completely not what he's interested in doing
2: i think one of the things i was thinking before we wrap up just because we talked about it in with sneeze is if is if this particular series would be a, a series that you would that you would use to introduce folks to urusawa and again i would say no partially because it's still running but also because i i don't know i don't know if i would use this one uh, i would maybe use a couple more ahead of it but it it wouldn't be at the bottom, but it it, it would be the first one.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think I'll hold firm in my uh, plans to recommend Pluto first to people and then branch them out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Pluto, it helps that Pluto uh, IMO is just a great uh, introduction to manga as manga as an entire medium, too.
1: Yeah, it's nice and short, just eight volumes, it's still in print, and yeah. then we can get people to read even more stuff because... We are always very for more manga readers because that means more people buying, which means more licenses, which means the really obscure weird stuff that we love has a better chance of getting licensed. It
0: means more support. And I mean, it does choose. happen.
1: Like Qualia the Purple got licensed like ten years after I read a scanlation of it. So there are always this hope. And I will once again say that once that comes out, I'm making you guys read this with me on the podcast because that was um strange and good fun. <laughs> and Yuri and Troidner's robot, sort of. <laughs> yeah,
0: Pride Month in a few months um
1: i don't think it's gonna be out maybe next year maybe next uh, year pride Pride
0: 2023
1: yeah all right we don't know if we'll go for another 100 episodes but we're definitely going to be going to at least next year barring i would say barring like a worldwide natural disaster but fuck it we lived through covid i mean it's gonna take more <laughs> than that to keep to keep us away from our microphones and skype no <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> it's true Gori, are you ready to take us out? I would do it, but I never... <laughs> I forget all of our information every time we get to the end.
0: <laughs> nope. Uh, it's alright. Um, yeah, I don't have any nails. So, uh, where can we find everybody on the internet?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Mondurin. I'm still there. I'm still alive, and I still read manga. So, you can find me there.
1: You can find me on Twitter, at Dreamer, And you can find the light novel and manga reviews I write over at theosg.com. I also co host their podcast, which you can find on the site, or if you're looking it up through whatever podcast aggregator you're using right now, you can find it under It's Not My Fault The OESG Podcast is Not Popular. It's also not my fault that's its title. I was not involved in this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. You can find me on Twitter, at PassionAK, and you can find this podcast on Twitter, at Mongang Your You can find all of our episodes over at taikupodcast.com. That's T A I I K U. And uh I mean we've got more now curious how to talk about maybe we'll do it in the future. Um but for now, go read Pluto everybody.
2: Bye. Bye everybody.